KYA. From great new books to favorite classic reads, from new stories to updates on the latest in on-screen adaptations, KYA is a bi-weekly podcast here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. KYA is a book riot podcast hosted by me, Kelly Jensen, alongside Eric Smith. We're recording on Friday, May 25th, 2018. Hey, Eric. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it is going lovely. The weather <laughs> is nice in Michigan. I've been reading outside. Yeah. It is, oh, it is way too good. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I've been, like, sneaking outside to read as much as I can. We have, um, I've, I've talked about my hammock reading, like, my love for hammock reading, but we have so some jealous. really nice old trees that sort of shade the hammock. So, you know, it's 80 degrees here, but it doesn't feel that way when I'm laying out in the hammock, and also I'm not getting sunburned. It's sort of the best thing. Oh, that sounds perfect. Yeah. So what have you been reading? So I feel like a bit of a slacker. Um, <laughs> I just started Leah on the Offbeat by Ooh. Becky Albertalli, um, which is the delightful standalone in the Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens agenda uh, universe. I don't know what you would say. Like, I, I just found out that the series is called the Creekwood series. Hmm. I, yeah, I did not know this. I, I was looking it up on Goodreads. Um, and it made me wonder why the upside of unrequited isn't listed in there because there's totally like a Simon Easter egg in that book. And I just, I just need someone to sit me down and explain the, the Becky Albertalli cinematic universe to me. Um, so I know <laughs> what the deal is. Um, so I read, I read Leah on the offbeat, um, oh, okay. last week and, and I really liked it. Um, yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of Simon, like something in it just didn't work for me. Uh, uh-huh. but Leah on the offbeat totally worked for me and I really, I enjoyed like meeting those teenagers again. Um, and it was kind of nice to see those recurring characters, but that is a really good question about why upside of unrequited isn't part of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm so curious and, ah, and I also want to figure out how to get a early copy of the, uh, co-written book with Adam Silvera that what Mm -hmm. if it's us, like, why do I not have it already? (laughs) Who am I hurt? What is going on? Um, yeah, so anyway, so Leah on the Offbeat focuses on Leah, who's a teen girl from the first book, and she's a drummer and Simon's best friend, and she's this, like, aspiring musician type who's, you know, trying to, you know, figure out her sexuality while dealing with the collapse of her, like, friend group. Um, I'm not too far into it yet, because like I said, I've been slacking, um, but it has that same, like, biting, charming, sparkling voice that, that Becky sort of, like, shines with in all of her books, and I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm like, two chapters in, and I know I'm going to love it already. Um, there's what, uh, a great, what about you? What are you? What are you doing? Well, before I talk about what I've been reading, because I have been like inhaling books, um, I wanted to say there's a really great mom character in Leah on the Offbeat. Um, Leah's mom is awesome throughout the entire book, um, and I'm really excited to hear what you think about that. Um, Ooh. Yeah, Leah is super, what's the word I want? She's difficult, but in a way that's super realistic. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I super related to her. Uh, in terms of like how I was during my teenage years. And it was interesting to read uh, the Goodreads reviews for that book when I finished and saw so many people noting just like how much they related to her when they were teens and also how much they didn't like her because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, yeah, but she was so real. I mean, I think that's part of what makes it um, hit home is it just really like tapped into, you know, not – being sort of that bubbly, cheery teenager type that you see so many, you know, uh, stereotypes of, 
she's sort of, um, she's a lot more raw, I guess, than what many were expecting, but in a good way, in a good way. Um, in terms of yeah, what you? I've been yeah, reading, I, I, um, I blew through three books this week. Oh my um, goodness. Uh, first, I finished Mirage by Samaya Dodd, which is about a girl who um, is stolen from her planet and she's forced to play the role of a much loathed princess of the conquering people of her planet. And she does this, or she, she's forced to do this. She has no choice. And she's um, taking this sort of role to protect that princess. Mm-hmm. But um, she decides she's going to use that role to seek intel on how to save her own home. It's the first in a series, and as soon as I finished it, it was left on such a cliffhanger. I'm like, I need book two now. Um, and there's a romance in it that really, really works. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a huge fantasy reader, but really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, that finished- sounds awesome. I don't, think I've, I don't think I've heard of that one. I'm going to have to go look it up. It's a really gorgeous cover, um, and it comes out in August. I think, you'll, I think you would really like it. The the next one I, I blew through was Photographic, The Life of Graciela Eturbidi by Isabel Quintero and Zeke Pena, which is a comic biography of the legendary Mexican photographer. I knew nothing about this photographer until I read the book. And um, the only thing I wish is we had more photographs. So it's, it's a comic uh, style. It's a biography. And there are actual photos of Graciela's work in the collection. But I kind of wanted more. Because I was like, okay, I want to learn about this woman, and I get some of her background, and I, I totally get the way that the book was set up, but I wanted I wanted more. Um, but in some ways, it's also nice when you get like a 100-page introduction to a person, because it's a great jumping-off point to do more of your own research and reading. So, um, And I love Isabella Quintero's work, so this was like a natural must-read, and, and a quick one, too. And that then awesome. the, uh, <laughs> the last book I just blew through was I Stopped Somewhere by T.E. Carter, which is about a girl who is raped and killed, which obviously not a like topic. Um, and it sort of explores rape culture and uh, does so in a really painful and hard way, but in a way that's also timely and timeless. Um, uh-huh. It would be really good to pair with Like Speak by Laurie Hall Sanderson. Um, and then... <laughs> Then I got my second round of past pages for my own anthology, Don't Call Me Crazy. And I can't even tell you how excited I am by how they look. It's so beautiful. My publisher makes the most beautiful books and I can't like, I can't wait for people to look at it. It's definitely one that, um, you know, I think most um, books are fine, whether you read them digitally or in print, but this is very much like a work of art sort of book that I think just will really, really stand out in print as opposed to um, electronic so exciting yeah congrats congrats have you uh sort of like a tangent here but have you seen that link floating around that lets you see what your twitter timeline would have looked yes. like 10 years ago yeah so, like i clicked it <laughs> i clicked it and like you know like i signed up for twitter pretty early uh because like my my first job was blogging and social media so i kind of had to and uh like the most of the tweets on there are about me I don't know, just nonsense about me going out. And there's like one about my, my pet chinchilla falling in my old apartment's toilet. Um, <laughs> Cause this is the sort of life I was living a decade ago. Um, but you know, it made me think like, what do you think you would have been tweeting about in the YA world 10 years ago? Like I know the hunger games came out cause we talked about that. Um, 
and like knowing myself, I probably would have been like screaming about Paper Towns by John Green. I feel like that would have been the book I have been tweeting about nonstop. What What do you think yours would have been? So I really wish I had looked at my own tweets from that time because I know I was tweeting about YA at that point. <laughs> um, I, w- I mean, I was taking, uh, if I remember correctly, I was taking a YA lit class. So we were reading things like, um, man, what were we reading? Like my brain is totally stopping now about what we read. Um, we read a lot of stuff that was super dated. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start with that. <laughs> um, but I, I remember taking that class and then tweeting a lot more about YA. Um, I guess it was nine years ago. I started my blog stacked with my co-blogger who I went to um, library school with Kimberly. And I know that we were reading at that time, things like winter girls by Lori Hall Sanderson, mm-hmm. hunger games, like you said, um, I believe like 10 years ago, I went to my first ALA. So I probably had like a a stack of books that I was working my way through from the winter conference. Um, But yeah, I I was getting a kick out of reading uh, other people's tweets, though, because, man, everybody was tweeting about food and it was kind of the best. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that was the... Uh, uh... That, that was like the go-to way to use social media for most of my friends in the early, early days of it. Like, here's a picture of my sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I kind of miss that. I, talk, <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess Instagram has filled some of that yeah. um, niche now. You know, you get a picture of the sandwich. And, um, but I would be curious if anybody was tweeting about YA 10 years ago. Like, what were some of the things that you were tweeting about? Yeah. Like, you could always email us, drop us a line. It's heyya at riotnewmedia.com. You can let us know what you were reading 10 years ago. And if you haven't checked out that fun little Twitter thing, it's it's worth, you know, mm-hmm. worth it just to see what food your friends are eating 10 years ago. Um, before we dive into, we've got three things we want to talk about today. Before we dive into it, a couple of things. First, Book Riot is giving away $500 to a U.S. resident to the bookstore of their choice. Let me repeat that. Bookright is giving away $500 to a U.S. resident to the bookstore of their choice. It's open through June 21st, which means you can literally score your dream summer reading shopping spree. If you want to enter, it's bookriot.com slash bookstore 500, the number 500. Uh, again, that's bookriot.com slash bookstore 500. $500. I don't know about you, but I wish I could enter for that. Me too. That's like 50 paperbacks. Like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, your some summer dream reading list can happen, you know, because you would get the card the week summer starts, and ah, uh, so jealous. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, so our first sponsor for the show is Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe by Preston Norton. Cliff Hubbard is a huge loser, literally. His nickname at Happy Valley High School is Neanderthal because he's so enormous. There's no one Cliff hates more than the cool quarterback Aaron Zimmerman. Then Aaron returns to school after a near-death experience, claiming, while he was unconscious, he saw God, who gave him a list of things to do to make high school suck less. And God said there's only one person who can help, Neanderthal. Razor-sharp, moving, and outrageously funny, Neanderthal opens the door to the universe as an unforgettable story of finding your place in an imperfect world. It's a voice-driven novel that will appeal to readers of contemporary YA like Rainbow Roll or Ned Vizzini, and it could be called a, quote, Post-Millennial Breakfast Club, Hmm. end quote. Uh, I think that that title is hilarious. It's such a good title. Uh, Should we just dive into our first topic? Yeah, let's go. All right. So, uh, listeners, 
Might be aware, maybe not. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's a month where discussing mental health really sort of takes the forefront, even though it's a topic that we discuss all year long. And there's a whole week devoted to mental health awareness in October as well. But May is dedicated month long to um, really opening up the discussion about mental mental health and mental illness. So we wanted to take a little time and talk about some great YA books that dig into mental health um, because there's so many. There um, are. I don't remember there being this many even five years ago, which um, is great. I think it's really, really great that we're seeing more and more of them and that they're really offering up such a spectrum of experiences with mental health because there's no... Um, there's no one way to get a mental illness right because no matter what somebody's experience is with any particular disorder, somebody else may have a totally different mm-hmm. experience with it. Um, so what resonates with one person who deals with a mental illness might not resonate with another person. And so sort of getting this wide swath of books that explored in so many different ways is really a nice way to sort of show readers that these challenges can manifest in so many different ways. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to dive into your first one. <laughs> oh, uh, I can, though. Uh, so my first one is The Memory of Light by Francisco X. Stork. Uh, before I talk about what the book's about, just a short little aside about the book, um, I had written a blog post about how much trouble I was having reading books about suicide in YA, and this is still still true to this day. Um too frequently I find suicide to be sort of a boogeyman or a gotcha in the story. Mm-hmm. So, um, spoiler, one of us is lying, which has been on the bestseller list forever is one of those books. And it really bothers me how little we've talked about this particular, um, book and that particular plot point, since there's so much else going for this book that kind of made it great, but, uh, it relies on suicide as sort of the, the gotcha moment in the book. Um, so, I hadn't found a book that had really resonated with me in terms of like a character who deals with suicide on a personal level and who sort of has a journey that goes beyond this sort of boogeyman slash like finding somebody else's reason, you know, why they decided to um, take their own life. Mm -hmm. So the editor of The Memory of Light reached out to me when she read this post and was like, you know, I wonder if you would like this book. Here's what it's about. Um, you know, no pressure. And she sent it to me. I was familiar with Stork's other stuff. So when I got this one, I was like, I was ready. I was like, okay. Um, And I knew it was based on some of his own personal experiences, but the book blew me away. Um, It's it's about a 16-year-old girl named Vicki Cruz when she wakes up in the hospital after she had attempted suicide. And it follows as she learns how to navigate living with depression following hitting that really low point in her life. It's not an easy read, obviously, but it's a really honest look at what could make somebody who struggles with their mental health reach that point where they feel like they need to um, not be a part of the world anymore. And it also does a good job of looking at how managing one's mental illness is a process rather than just like a set of solutions. You know, something might work for a while and then stop working, something that many believe would work, might not work at all. Something that somebody might not consider a solution may, in fact, be a great way to um, manage or cope with a mental illness. So that's The Memory of Light by Francisco X. Stork. Oh, man, I might have to look that up 
as soon as this is over. So, um, so my first one uh, is The First Time She Drowned by Carrie Kletter. Um, I have a very profound memory about reading this book because I was at this writing conference in Virginia. Uh, the weather was beautiful. I was hanging out with like writer friends. I had an arc of this new book that I was pretty psyched about. And then I sat down to read it in the hotel's lobby during some downtime. And several of these friends found me just sobbing openly in public uh, because of this book. <laughs> Uh, so, oh my god, so this book, um, it's the story of a, a teen girl who gets thrown into a, a mental institution for two years by uh, a mother who is just this, like, controlling, manipulative monster, and there's nothing particularly the matter with our main character, which is what the most shocking thing is, uh, about this book. Um, she then has to wrestle with the fallout of that time there, uh, and getting her life back while dealing with the trauma of everything that's happened to her and trying to figure out like why her mother would do something like this to her in the first place. Um, so it shifts back and forth between like her time inside, uh, and the friends that the friends that she's made there who actually do uh, wrestle with very real issues, um, and then her time in the present outside as she tries to navigate the world again. Um, the stuff that happens in the past while she's uh, in there, she's ah, maybe she's like 17, 16, 17. Uh, and then when she's out, she's like 19 and getting ready to go to college. So it's almost a very rare college YA book, except it has all this all these horrors that happen uh, in, the, in the beginning of it. Um, it's just this really, like, just shocking, uh, jarring book that's... Oh, my goodness. It's like an emotional roller coaster. Um, I, I highly recommend it. Um, but, you know, make sure you leave out like, a, a good portion of time to cry somewhere else that's not in a public setting. Um, this is one somebody recommended to me when it first came out. So it's been sitting on my bookshelf, and I just haven't read it yet. Mm -hmm. But now I need to, like, bump it up my... My list after Oof, hearing that. So um, and give myself space to cry, of course. <laughs> <laughs> my next one is Crazy by Amy Reed, who's one of my favorite YA authors. Um, and this is one of the few romance-based mental health books I found to really work for me as a reader. I know there are other ones that have worked for other readers, but this one uh, resonated with me far more than any of the others mm -hmm. have. And uh, the book follows Connor and Izzy after the time that they spent um, at summer camp together. So they, they live a little bit away from each other so they can't see each other in person very frequently and they choose to keep in touch by email. Um, so the story's told in emails and as they're communicating and keeping in touch and sort of updating each other on what's going on in their lives during the school year, uh, Izzy becomes more distant and really inconsistent. And Connor starts to figure out that something's up mm -hmm. with Izzy. And it turns out that Izzy has been struggling with bipolar depression in a real way. And um, what I really appreciated is that you really see how it plays out. You see how um, bipolar depression not only impacts the individual who is living with it, but also the people in their life who they're closest with. And um, just it's really... Um, it's not an easy read, but it's one that you know something's going on and you're right there with Connor as he sort of figures out um, what's happening to his friend and how he might be able to help her. But there's not one of those like magic, they kiss at the end and, and it's all better. <laughs> yeah. um, which I think is why it sort of works for me is there's not like a, <laughs> there's not a cure-all, um, but there's still a little bit of that like, you know, heart feeling in it. So that's... Crazy by Amy Reed. So on a very shallow note, um, I really love like the design and, and the um, 
like the art that Amy Reed's books get, you know, like mm-hmm. the, that, that like streak of books she had, like crazy and over you. And when I was like damaged, I think is like the, the other book. Yeah. Um, there's another one with like lipstick on it. Like they all, they all have this like very similar, uh, look to them. And like, I would just love to know who her, her cover designer is over at whoever does these books. Are these Simon Schuster? Maybe. Um, yeah, I think these were, I think these were Simon Pulse, but oh, okay. they had like, yeah, they had a very like stark sort of look to them, but the titles were like really bold. Yeah. Uh, it's like sort of, yeah, they had just, they had a really great look to them. Like she had a really great, I hate using this word, but really great branding. Yeah. yeah. Same thing with like invincible and unforgivable. Like it's, it's cool. I like, uh, I like when publishers do that. They look nice on the shelf. Uh, let's see. So for me, my next one, um, oh goodness. So this is one that I, another, another book that, uh, broke me apart, um, is My Heart and Other Black Holes by Jasmine Warga. Um, so this novel talks about a teen, uh, who has plans to complete suicide, but, uh, she seeks out a partner to do it with her for support. Um, there's like a message board that she goes on and, and there's these, um, all these teenagers and adults who are, who are. They, they basically want to find someone to, to do, do this with. Um, so she doesn't expect that the person she finds is going to be someone she forms this like real bond with. Um, and as she starts to sort of spool away a little bit from her depression, um, she realizes that she wants to try to save him. Um, so she wants to break their, their suicide pact and, and the book just delves into depression and these complicated families and heartbreak and just such a real raw way while still being kind of funny at times. Um, and like I know when I'm describing this book, it kind of makes it sound like, oh, they're gonna fall in love and everything's gonna be okay, and that is not what this book is. Um, which is why I really like it because I feel like that's like the worst kind of cop out for a story like this. Mm-hmm. You know, to be like, oh, mm-hmm. love saved the day. Well, that's yeah, that's not a real thing. Um, so it's really realistic and hard, and yeah, I really like this one. That's that's one of the things that I think a lot of the like romance based mental health ones have been um hard for me Mm -hmm. to sort of enjoy is you know when as somebody who who has depression and anxiety like I am not enjoyable to be around at all and the people that I love most are the people that I'm probably cruelest to at that time Mm. and I just think about the reality of what relationships look like when I'm at my lowest. And certainly there's love there and you know that, um, and you know that romance is possible, you know, all that stuff's possible, but it's, it's not the cure. Um, like you're not going to suddenly get better from it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's not a cure when you have a mental illness, like there are ways to manage it and, and solid relationships are one way to manage it, but they're not, you know, they're not the happily ever after either. Um, so I appreciate that sort of like, Yes, this this is a possibility, but there's also this complication that comes with mm-hmm. it. You know, it's not it's not going to solve solve all of your challenges. So my next title is Queens of Geek by Jen Wild, and I'm not usually a reader who is super into fandom based books. Like it's just not um, a thing that's super appealing to me. Mm-hmm. I totally get the readers who love them, but uh, I picked this one up and it totally sucked me in. Uh, The book follows Charlie and Taylor as they go to their first convention in the United States. They live in Australia. Um, Charlie is sort of a bubbly extrovert, and Taylor struggles tremendously with social anxiety. It's an honest but super fun book that looks at navigating social situations when you're challenged by them in your brain. Um, 
It was a book that just made me feel really good as I read it and made me really love the characters and how different they were and yet how much they could help one another in the various situations they were in. And uh, Taylor just was the perfect example of what social anxiety looks and feels like. Um, and that is Queens of Geek by Jen Wilde. Nice. Um, so I'm going to drop in a, a fandom-esque book, um, which is The Rest of Us Just Live Here by Patrick Ness. Um, this is probably one of my favorite YA novels, like, period. I love this book. Um, I feel like it's a book that's, like, written for me. Because um, we've all read and seen, like, plenty of those stories about, like, the teen superhero or, you know, superheroine who, who's at a high school who fights vampires, zombies, etc., saving the day. You know, like Buffy... Uh, and all that. Um, you know, sometimes they destroy the school and the town in the process. Um, and this book's about the kids who are just there, like the regular kids that are trying to live their lives as, you know, the Buffy-esque figure is killing vampires next to their lockers. Um, <laughs> and it's like so spectacularly clever just following these regular kids as something big and super heroic is happening in the background. Um, you get these like little paragraphs at the start of every chapter that detail like the superhero drama that's happening around them as they're just trying to like figure out who they're going to ask to the dance and figure out what these complicated friendships are like. Um, and it's just so funny. Cause like, I don't know about you, but whenever I watch like movies or TV shows like that, I always wonder about those kids who are like running yes. around in the background. Mm -hmm. Like, man, it must yep. be, it must be really hard <laughs> dealing with this <laughs> all the time. Like the kids that went to like <laughs> Buffy's school, like, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Um, right. Because yeah, no. as much as they, like, pretend, like, oh, nobody knows about this. Come on. Like, the, like the stuff that happens. Right. Uh, so, yeah. it's And they, it also jokes around a lot about the school blowing up uh, as you're reading the book. Like, one of the characters will be like, oh, you know, I hope the school doesn't blow up again from one of the superheroes. Like, oh, yeah, you know, we, <laughs> we missed a month of school. And it's, it's just so funny. Um and it delves into mental health in a really great way. The the main character uh, has OCD, and uh, it's like you know just a part of who he is. Um, and it's just ah, I can't recommend it enough. It's re it's really funny and really charming and just so clever. Um, and that's the uh, the rest of us just live here by Patrick Ness. It's my it's my favorite Patrick Ness book. And I know everybody else will name all his other ones, but this is the one for me. My next pick is This Impossible Light by Lily Myers. You might know Lily from her viral slam poem, Shrinking Women. Um, it came, it hit really big in, I think, 2013. Um, and this is her first book. It's a YA book. It's told in verse, and it follows a 15-year-old girl named Ivy as her world starts to fall apart. Her parents are divorcing, her brothers moved to college, and her best friend has sort of put a wall between them, and their relationship is really strained. Um, Ivy sort of comes to choose restricting her food as a means of having some sort of control in her life, but uh, she takes it to an extreme end and finds herself struggling with an eating disorder. So um, this is a really raw and challenging book, and when I read it, I couldn't help but think about Winter Girls by Lori Halsey Anderson mm -hmm. and how great this would be paired with that one. Um, and that's This Impossible Light by Lily Myers. I think I said it's in verse. Uh, this is a verse novel. Oh, okay. Uh, 
let's see, next up for me is uh, A World Without You by Beth Revis. Um, oh my goodness, I remember being so excited to find out that she was writing a YA contemporary novel, because her, her like, epic sci-fi uh, just, I just love them, you know? Across the Universe is one of the books that made me get back into reading YA as an adult. Um, so, in this book, we meet a teen who is uh, grappling with reality. His his mental illness is making him believe he has superpowers. Um, and this is sort of a thing you see... I don't know, it happens... People play with this a lot in YA, and Beth does it so well. Um, we see uh, the girl he's fallen for uh, complete suicide, and he wants to use his powers, quote-unquote, to travel back in time to save her. Um, but he doesn't really have these powers, you know? So there's this interesting wrestling that happens where he's... You know, does he does he give in uh, to what's in his head, you know, where he can go back in time and save this person? Um, or does he fight through it and kind of deal with what's really happening? Um, it's just really heartbreaking and lovely. And I know uh, there's been a lot of interviews with Beth talking about this book. And she uh, pulled from personal stories involving her younger brother's life. So it comes from this, like, very real, uh, raw place. Um, yeah, definitely recommend reading it. She kind of combines that hard-hitting contemporary with her, her sort of love of sci-fi um, and speculative. It's, uh, it's really great. And that is uh, A World Without You by Beth Revis. I need to read that. I still haven't haven't read it, but now you can want to pick it up yeah, now. No, it's really um. <laughs> you know, I feel like I know how much you liked um, The Art of Starving, you know, the Sam Miller mm-hmm. book, and I feel like this kind of falls into that that realm. Yeah, it sounds it sounds a little bit like it. Um, I'll have to pick it up. Um, my next one is When Reason Breaks by Cindy L. Rodriguez. Uh, it's about two girls, Elizabeth Davis, who is an angry girl. And Emily Delgado, who is a girl who, by all appearances, looks like she's normal, she's sweet, and she's kind. Uh, but inside, she's dealing with depression in a really real way. Mm. Uh, the two girls are in a shared English class, and the two of them begin to bond when they are working on an Emily Dickinson uh, poetry project. And as they're working on this project and getting to know each other, they learn um, how to navigate their own personal struggles uh, with each other and through the help of Dickinson's poetry. This one I really liked because it does a great job of showing how depression can manifest so differently in each person who struggles with it. Um, And it's one of the rare YA books where mental illness uh, featuring characters of color is at the forefront. Like there's no question and um, just really well done, a really authentic look at depression. And again, um, one of the reasons it really stands out to me is just seeing how different depression can look and feel Uh for each person who experiences it. And that's When Reason Breaks by Cindy L. Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm waiting for her to have another book. I really I really did love that book. Um, Yeah, I I want another one from her, like, now. (laughs) Hop on Goodreads and see what she's up to. Um, So let's see. So next for me um, is Highly Illogical Behavior by John Corey Whaley. Um, And this is, uh, yeah, this is my favorite book by him. Um, I love this book so much, not just because of the Star Trek-inspired cover or the story that's just full of geekery, though that's certainly a part of it. Um, In the book, we uh, meet this agoraphobic teenager and his new friend who... Uh, so she basically wants to boost up her chances to get into college by writing an essay where she, uh, quote unquote, fixes, um, our main character, uh, the agoraphobic, uh, teen as part of her entrance piece. And like, just saying that you already see where this is going to go horribly wrong. Like any, anything where someone's like, oh, I'm going to fix so-and-so, you know, whether it's 
trying to fix them for a relationship or fix them because you think you can save their, I don't know, get them out of their mental health condition. Like, it's you can't, right? Like, there's, you know. Um, right. So you already see where this is going wrong. And then this book just turns into this really lovely novel, not just about mental health, but, like, the links we go to for, like, our family and the people um, that we care about. Um, yeah, I really love this book. It's so charming. You never really see uh, quite where it's going as you're reading it. it. It feels like you're about to read this sort of train wreck. Uh, and then it just it gets surprisingly sweet and it's, it's lovely. And I love the parents in this book so much. I know you talked about loving parents in, in Leah's, uh, Leah and the offbeat. Um, but in this book, we get these parents who want to support their son so much that they make him a, um, Oh, what is it called? I almost called it the danger room, but I know it's X-Men. It's what is it in Star Trek? The, the hol- the hologram room. Um, Oh dear. <laughs> Oh, well, it's that, that big hologram room that they have in Star Trek where they, they go in and it projects like a different place and they run around, they go on adventures inside. They, they make him that in the garage and they like paint the entire garage interior black and they line it with yellow. So it looks like the holodeck. That's what it is. Hooray. Okay. Holodeck, yes. No one's going to come <laughs> for my geek card. Um, they make it look like a holodeck for him. And it's just, ah, they're just so warm and supportive. I, ugh, it's so good. So, yes, Highly Illogical Behavior by John Corey Whaley. My next one is Something Like Normal by Trish Doler. Uh, When Travis comes home from being overseas for a year serving in the Marines, he comes back to a life that doesn't look anything like it looked like when he left. Um, His parents are divorcing. His brother stole his car, and the girl that he was once totally in love with may or may not be back in in his life. Mm. Um, It's sort of hard to tell. the thing is, he had caused her some some grief before, uh, but you know, there were some feelings there. Um, but what sort of really haunts Travis are the images of his best friend being killed in action. Uh, this book explores PTSD, and it is not afraid to go there and look at sort of the struggles Travis deals with every single day, every single night, as he uh, works through losing so many people in his life um, in different ways and more specifically, losing his best friend uh, while in action. Um, it's the sort of book that I think teenagers today will get, knowing that their generation has, you know, seen so many service people, mm-hmm. um, being that they've, like, lived with war zone times uh, their entire lives. But uh, it also will resonate with anybody who knows anybody who who has served and sort of... Um, considers what they might bring back with them after being in an active combat zone. And that's something like normal by Trish Doler. See, now this makes me think of a future episode because my wife is kicking around a YA novel idea. I'm very proud of her um, where she's writing about like teenagers in the military. And like I tweeted like, uh, I don't know, a couple days ago, like, Hey, does anyone have any good YA, uh, you know, military person comes home from the military type of book recommendations. And like, there was, there were a handful, but there weren't a lot. Um, I feel like we should talk about them down the line. Cause I know there are some that are personal favorite people like Brian bliss have written them. Um, it might be a good one to talk about. Yes. And just, um, for a recommendation, Dana Reinhardt's, uh, what a brother knows is what oh. I was reading. That one's a little bit older, but, uh, about what happens when a boy's older brother comes back from war and sort of how he 
reintegrates back into his everyday life, if he can even do that. Oh, but okay. uh, I think that there's definitely a hole, and I definitely think there's a hole when it comes to seeing those who have served in the military from not white dude perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think there's a show there too. Um, so I won't say too much more so we can <laughs> save some good content. Uh, did you have any more for mental health that you wanted to talk no, about? I think that's, I think that's it for me. What about you? Uh, I was just going to do a quick note that there's a, there's another anthology that came out in April called Life Inside My Mind, mm-hmm. edited by Jessica Burkhardt. I haven't read it yet. I've got it sitting on my shelf. But it's similar in concept to Don't Call Me Crazy in that it's a collection of essays. Um, these are by authors talking about living with mental illness. So if you're interested in the realistic side of things, the actual lived experiences um, of various authors with living with you know various mental health conditions, uh, that one would be worth picking up. Life Inside My Mind is the title. Hmm, nice. All right, well, let's see. Shall we dive into our next uh, sponsor here? All right. You want me to read this one? Yeah, it's all you. All right. So our second sponsor is Monday's Not Coming by Tiffany D. Jackson, presented by Epic Reads. Um, so Monday, Charles is missing, and her only best friend, Claudia... Uh, she's the only one that seems to notice. As days turn to weeks, with no sign of Monday, Claudia knows something is wrong. Monday wouldn't leave her to endure tests and bullies alone. Claudia needs her best, and only, friend more than ever. But Monday's family refuses to give Claudia a straight answer. As Claudia digs deeper into Monday's disappearance, she discovers that no one remembers the last time they saw Monday. How can a teenage girl just vanish without anyone noticing that she's gone? By Tiffany Jackson, the critically acclaimed author of Allegedly, comes another gripping and suspenseful contemporary novel. Monday's Not Coming is full of twists and turns that will have the reader captivated as they try to piece together this mystery. Perfect for fans of E. Lockhart and Gillian Flynn, as well as true crime podcasts like Serial and S-Town. You'll be guessing until the very end and haunted by the shocking revelations of this powerful and timely story long after you finish. Monday's Not Coming is available now wherever books and audiobooks are sold. Yeah, I have a copy of this right now. I haven't, I haven't gotten to dive into it yet. Um, but I really um, like her writing. I, I read it and, and quite liked it. Um, I found some things a little bit challenging in terms of um, the timelines, mm-hmm. but in terms of the content in the story, it's all super compelling. Um, and it's based a bit on the true disappearance of black girls in Washington, D.C. that has gone mostly unreported in the news. Um, but she, she wrote, I don't know if it's in the finished copy or just in the advanced copy, but she wrote a little bit about that in an author's note introducing the book. And um, that really gave it some context that I, you know, I wasn't aware of. And, um, yeah, it's it's powerful. It's a powerful read. Oh, yeah. Do you want to do you want to dive into this one? Because this one this one's all your idea. Yeah. So we want to talk about dream <laughs> writing duos and the duos we loved before, uh, perhaps to all the writing duos we've loved before. Maybe that's what. Which would be called, um, since we're going to be talking about Jenny Han at some point. Um, but yeah, you know, with Adam Silvera and Becky Albatali's What If It's Us uh, coming out soon, um, I just really love the idea of diving into this. Um, that book is very high up on my I Need a Copy Right Now list. Um, <laughs> it might be fun to talk about duos we've loved and duos we would uh, love to see. Um, let me see. Uh, I'll talk about one first. Um, I kept thinking about uh, how much I would love to see Stephanie Keen 
who I think we've Ooh. officially brought up mm-hmm. at least <laughs> once in every Hey YA episode. She's almost like an unofficial host at this point. Um, <laughs> partnered with Lamar Giles. Um, I feel like yeah. they would write like the twistiest, most exciting YA thriller ever together. Like her books are like full of horrors and characters who get pushed to their limits. And like Lamar's books, they're they're like packed full of wit and like high stakes. I feel like it would be like an Ocean's Eleven style book, but like five out of the eleven people die. Like that would be <laughs> that would be their their YA novel. Um, and I would just love to see them partnered up. <laughs> what about uh, what about you? Oh, I would read the heck out of that book yeah. for sure. Um, my first one is um, I I really loved seeing Siobhan Vivian and Jenny Han team up for the Burn for Burn trilogy. Oh, um, yes. Admittedly, I've still only read the first one because uh, as a series reader, I need to read them all back to back. And I made the mistake of reading the first one and then having to wait a year and then not reading the second one. So um, I need to just sit down and like blow through them all. But uh, it made me think about wanting to see Siobhan Vivian team up with Morgan Matson for a super smart girl oh. summer read because um, they both do those sorts of smart girl romance uh, stories really, really well, and I can see them doing it together and it being dynamite. Yes, no, that would be really fun. Um, Let me see. I'd like to see Susan Dennard, who writes some of my favorite YA fantasy novels, paired up with someone who writes, like, epic YA space opera stuff. Um, Like, recent favorites of mine are, like, I loved Olivia A. Cole's A Conspiracy of Stars and Rora Bazella's... um, Oh, what is it? The the Empress of a Empress of a Thousand Skies. A thousand Skies. Yes. Yeah. Um, people who are just amazing when it comes to that, like world building and lush sci-fi landscapes, um, sort of mashed together with like the heated politics of people in space, um, which always amuses me that there's that political space opera thing. Like you're in space, <laughs> go look at stars. <laughs> like everything's beautiful. Stop bickering. Um, but they bicker. It happens. Um, but I feel like one of them partnered with Susan, it would just be, oh my goodness, it would just be way too epic. And, like, I love what happens with, like, um, oh, good, what would, uh, like, Jay Kristoff, um, and oh no! Amy Kaufman. Amy Kaufman with, like, Illuminae, and, um, there's another one, it's like, These Broken Stars? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 Amy Kaufman and Megan Spooner? Yeah, I could see the cover really clearly in my head, um, I got Amy Kaufman's like magic. Like you partner her with people and like these awesome <laughs> genre duos come out. Um Yeah, but yeah, Susan and like yeah, Susan and Olivia or Rhoda, I, I'd be I'd be into that. So my next one, um again I'm I'm like I'm taking a little bit of a cheat here, but uh so Sarah Czar and Tara Altabrando wrote a book a few years ago called Roomies, and it was a uh, dual POV, POV book about two girls who were paired up to be freshman roommates in college. And so it takes place in that summer before they're going to move in together and they're getting to know each other back and forth by email. Um, I would love to see them pair up again, but this time I want them to go with the thriller angle like Tara's books are. So she Ooh. writes these like really um, like fast-paced thrillers. So I'd love to see her and Sarah's are take that like partnership that they have, but then like flip what genre they're writing in. Yeah. Oh, that'd be really fun. Um, let's see who else. Um, Oh, I'd love to see David Arnold and Jeff Zentner write something together. Um, I feel like maybe there's like an obvious pairing here since like the two of them are friends, but like, you know, like they're both from, 
kind of from Nashville. Um, they're both musicians who like got into writing. Um, I feel like if they partnered up, they'd write some sort of like literary, like Southern flavored music YA novel that would like make me cry on every page. You know, it would be like, it'd be like that, that TV show Nashville, but with like a lot more crying and like angsty teenagers. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I would love to see that, that sort of partnership happen there. Um, yeah. And more partnership with music YA books in general. Like that, that'd be so much fun. Who else? Who else is on your list? Uh, I would love to see Brandy Colbert and Isabel Quintero team up and write an what? intense, complex, and super layered like YA contemporary book. And frankly, we deserve this. Yes. I, yes, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd like to see Meg Medina really dive into fantasy. Um, like, I know that first book of hers, The Girl Who would, Could Silence the Wind, was like, you know, had some magical realism in it, but I'd like to see her partnered with, like, Zoraida Cordova and, like, just write some sort of, like, epic, diverse, beautiful fantasy novel. Um, I think that could be really fantastic, like, with Meg's, like, biting dialogue and, like, Zoraida's gorgeous world building. It would be, oh, it would be way too much fun. Um, my next one, I started writing as sort of a joke. And then the more I thought about it, the more I was like, this isn't a joke. This is a thing I need in my life. And, um, it would be Libba Bray with Tyra Banks. But listen, listen, Mm, okay. (laughs) Hear me out on this one, right? So Libba writes really amazing books and she's got a really, really great sense of humor. And Tyra also has a really good sense of humor. I can't say as much about Amazing Book on her end, but <laughs> if you think about the two of them together, imagine the dream comedy team read. Imagine, wait, 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 it gets better. Imagine if it's a satire of Model Land that they write together. Oh, okay, It'd be yes. perfect. That would be very fun. <laughs> right? Right? I was like, this is ridiculous, Kelly. Like, what do you... No, this is perfect. This is the thing we need. This can wrap up the whole um, Tyra Banks book situation that just, like, has too many loose ends for me to sleep well at night. Um, her and Liva write the satire. That, yes. That would be awesome. Um, so I'm going to bring up our, uh, our, our one, another one, a Hey favorite is uh, Amy Spaulding. Um I'd love to see her partnered up with, like, Lauren Morrill to write, like, the ultimate YA rom-com. Or maybe Stephanie Perkins. Or, with that in mind, maybe put all three together. Um, there have been a couple, like, trio novels coming out. Um, like, how My Lady Jane was written by, like, Cynthia Hand and Brody Ashton and Jody Meadows all together working on, like, one book. Um, I Yeah, I would not mind, like, Lauren Morrill, Amy Spaulding, and Stephanie Perkins, like coming together as, like, the ultimate, like, YA rom-com Voltron, like, yes, <laughs> that would be, be way too much fun. I, I, would, I would read the heck out of that. <laughs> um, my last one is an easy one. It seems like an obvious one, but it's something that we deserve. Um, Jacqueline Woodson and Jason Reynolds. Oh, yes. If they wrote a book together, the world would explode <laughs> in a good way, in a really good way. <laughs> Imagine too if they they put their like verse writing chops together and wrote a verse novel together. They would just unbelievable. Oh man, it would be unbelievable. Yes, yes, please. So anyway, publishers who are listening, <laughs> here are many free ideas. <laughs> and and you know like one of Jason's one of my favorite books by Jason is that co written book. You know him and um, Brendan. Was it yeah, Ky- mm-hmm. Riley Kylie. I'm not. Kylie, Kylie, yeah, Brendan Kylie, yeah. the All American Boys. Yeah, 
I think Brendan Riley is the guy from The Killers, maybe. I'm not sure, but whatever. That book <laughs> is great. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, so free ideas here. We'd like to see these things happen, and we'd be so thrilled to see them happen. So let's, uh, let's wrap up this show the way that we sort of wrapped up a show at the end of winter. And instead of sharing our spring TBRs, let's share what's sitting on our summer TBRs. Yes, you know, give so people many. more things to get excited about. I know. And you stole one of mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Eric and I write these long um, agendas for what we're going to talk about. And so I'd gone in and written mine up and I went in today to see what he had written up. And he wrote one of the same books I did, <laughs> like completely unaware that I had written it. It was, it was beautiful. We were just to that go in excited. And see that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll skip that one and let him talk about it. But uh, on my on my stack that I'm going to get to really soon is Here to Stay by Sarah Farrison, which comes out it comes out in September, but it's early in September, I believe. So technically still summer. Um, it's a new Sarah Farrison book, so that's enough for me. Uh, but it's the the uh, best way to describe it is it's about cyberbullying, Islamophobia, and a boy who made the winning shot at his varsity basketball game, which changes his entire life. So it's a sports book, and it's also a book about, you know, social issues. So uh, it's got everything I need in a good read. Mm, okay, that one sounds good. Um, so as for the book that I stole, I will bring that one up. <laughs> um, so it is Tell Me No Lies by Adele Griffin. Um, so yeah, I pretty much read every single book uh, Adele Griffin writes. Um, and I got an arc of her latest, which comes out next month. Uh, it's set in the late 80s, um, so yay for historical YA contemporary. Um, and it is set in Philadelphia, which is my old home. So I'm very excited to see um, how she touches on life there um so it's about a a teen girl who is navigating her final year of high school and trying to figure out what it is she wants um and it's set against the as kelly said here the political and social backdrop of the late 80s um yeah it's out on june 12th june 12th it's so funny because like what you had said about always reading Adele's books. This, that's pretty much what I said in my, like, why I'm picking this book up, too. Uh, like, I'm not usually an 80s person, but I trust Adele's writing, so I'm really looking forward to it. Um, my next book is Our Stories, Our Voices, 21 White Authors Get Real About Injustice, Empowerment, and Growing Up Female in America, edited by Amy Reed, who I talked about earlier. Um, it's an anthology about feminism, about activism, and about being uh, female and growing up in the United States. Uh, Amy, as I've said, is one of my favorite authors, and I'm really excited to see how she edits an anthology. And it's got a really awesome range of voices, in it, including uh, Cindy Menon, Nina LaCour, Anna Marie McLemore, Maureen Goo, Julie Murphy, and so many more. So I'm really looking forward to that. As soon as it showed up in the mail for me, I did like a legit happy dance. <laughs> Amy's so prolific. Oh my goodness. So many books. Mm-hmm. So many books. Uh, let's see next. Um, I'm going to bring up Contagion by Aaron Bowman again. I brought it up on the last episode, but I'm still like slowly poking away at it. Um, it comes out in July and we meet a ragtag group of space salvagers who come across something deadly on a planet that uh, has a distressed call coming from it. It's very, it's very alien-esque, mashed up with the movie Contagion or the movie Outbreak. Um, and I'm just all about it. It's just taking me a minute to finish because... Reading is hard with a baby sometimes. Um, it's a lot of fun, scary sci-fi novel from someone who's uh, really great at writing books like this. And that is uh, Contagion by Aaron Bowman. I can't wait to read that one. I keep looking at it on my shelf going, is now the time? Is now the time? I'm going <laughs> to hold off a little bit longer. 
Um, my next pick is Jack of Hearts and Other Parts by Lev A.C. Rosen. So this is a book I got at TLA, and the rep from Little Brown handed it to me and said, this is going to make a lot of readers mad, which uh, is pretty much the siren song for me wanting to read a book. Um, <laughs> you know, like, if it's going to make people mad, I want to read it. Um, it's a book about a boy who is unapologetically sexually active and gay, and he writes a sex advice column. Uh, but he's also being blackmailed by somebody who hates how open and confident he is about who he is. Uh, it sounds awesome and totally different from uh, what is out there in YA right now. So that's Jack of Hearts and Other Parts. Mm, that's a good title. Um, so for me, uh, I've brought this one up before also. It's uh, Hull Metal Girls by Emily Skrusky. Um I haven't seen people screaming about this book as much as they should be. It looks like a Pacific Rim meets the Edge of Tomorrow style YA novel with kick-ass teen girls fighting in these super soldier exoskeletons. And how isn't this everywhere? Everyone should be talking about <laughs> this. Um, there's a plague sweeping across humanity and a teen girl decides to become one of these super soldiers so she can try to make money uh, to save her infected brother um but it turns out there's uh, a lot more danger floating around threatening humanity than she thought um this is like super high on my to be read list so publishers if you're listening please send me a copy of this uh <laughs> i absolutely cannot wait to get my hands on it and that is a uh, hull metal girls yes this episode could be eric begs for all the books that he pretty wants pretty much pretty much i love it <laughs> i love it so much uh, so my last pick is not a YA book, but it's a YA crossover read. And I have no shame sharing this one. I'm not going to YA jail for it. It's the new <laughs> Megan Abbott book called Give Me Your Hand. It comes out in July. I know very, very little about it because I need to go into her books not knowing very much. Um, I think I've said this before. I think I said this in the thriller episode. I um, am too able to guess what happens in a book, even just like by description. Um, I can figure it out when it comes to like thrillers. So I, I want to know as little as I can. And this one, what I know is that so many people who have read all of her books think that this is her best. So I've, I've had an arc of it for months and I've just been like hoarding it for the right time. And I think I'm almost there. I think I'm almost ready for it. Um, and that's Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott. Awesome. Uh, and my last one is The Unfortunates by Kim Lidget. Um I've talked about Kim a few times. She's one of my favorite writers working in YA horror right now, or, you know, period. Uh, it's such a hard genre, and we should totally talk about that one of these days. Um, her next book is about a teen who uh, kills someone in a car crash and gets away with it due to his father's Ooh. connections and money. Yeah, it's like an affluenza uh, book. I remember when that oh. term first hit, and I was just so angry, you know. Um, and that's mm -hmm. and that's what I like about this book. Like that that very plot line makes me angry, um, and it turns out it also makes the the kid angry as well. He um, he plans to disappear. He uh, you know heads off to go hiking, goes into a cave, and he just sort of plans to kind of end it all because he thinks he deserves it. Um, and then he gets trapped. Uh, with a bunch of other teenagers who are also out and about, and it turns out that there might be something in that cave uh, hunting them down. Uh, I got an early arc of this, and uh, yeah, I haven't jumped into it yet, but it looks like a really short book, so uh, yeah, it may, I may read it before our next episode. We will see. Yeah, that sounds good. Yes. Affluenza. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> What a terrible word. And yet, what a terrible condition to struggle with. 
uh, that is our show for the week. So thank you for tuning in. If you've got any feedback about the show, leave it on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we're doing and to help others find us. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You can follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Twitter and Instagram as Veronica Kelly Mars. And you can follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks. Yay. Bye. Bye.